So I was like, they could take that as an advantage and just make their own island, make their own society and just, you know, be like the famous Amazon island where it's only women. <laughs> I was like that. I was like, oh, good. Welcome to See Africa, Breathe Africa, a weekly podcast for those who are interested in traveling responsibly and having fun doing it. See Africa, Breathe Africa. Listen to the mountains, and if you listen to the hills, if you listen to the rivers, you can see Africa, breathe Africa, see Africa, yeah, yeah, le, 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 le. See, see Africa, breathe Africa, see Africa, yeah. The French owner of Where is underscore Alan social media accounts is traveling around the world and hoping to build a professional influencer career. That would be nothing too interesting by itself if it wasn't for his emphasis on the ethical side of tourism, a term very close to what this podcast is about, responsible tourism. Alan, could you tell us more about what ethical travel means to you? So ethical travel is quite a large term, uh, but I basically show people the things to not do when you are a tourist, explain why it's not ethical, because sometimes it's not really obvious for everyone and because of the lack of information. And I just recommend some alternatives or just sometimes tell them to not do those things because there is no other alternatives. Uh, especially with your travel in East Africa, particularly, because this is where we are situated What are the actual things you would tell someone, okay, don't do this, or particularly do this when in East Africa? If you're really interest, interested into discovering some indigenous cultures, just take time. I would tell them to maybe learn a bit of the language, get some contact with locals that maybe know those communities, and just spend time with them to learn, not just to spend 15 minutes to take a shot of the people. So you're traveling around the world, Is then the ethical emphasis that you think uh, defines you and makes you different to other influencers? Um, or is there another thing that you can claim as specifically yours? I'm 22 right now and I started like to share on social media when I was 18. And I kind of wanted to be like the other influencer, like just share cute places. Uh, but when I started to do those kind of travel, I was a bit bored and I missed something like adventure or just knowing the culture. I started to feel a bit like incomplete when traveling, like just also being a surprise that I didn't have the same experience as the other because on social media, you can say what you want. And at some point, I just wanted to share something different, something more honest, I will say, or something that is more myself which is going to nature and making experiences, like discovering the country, but discovering you as well. It's a bit cliche to say that, but it's actually something that I, I feel more now. In ethical travel, those experiences, I think, are more intense. And you also think about what you are doing. It's just deeper to me. How does the audience respond to that? They answer quite well. Also, when it comes to different thematics, such as racism, global warming, human rights, there is always an audience for that. Do you manage to get that ultimate prize for 
a social media influencer, do you get enough engagement? There is more people interacting with me in DMs. Sometimes they would send me a post and answer to that question, for example. And for sure, I would prefer them to do it in uh, the comment section because you get better with the algorithm. And other people also can see that comments and see that we are not alone making it the community, actually. We talk about that on social media. When you came and passed through Uganda, is it an experience that you'd say impacted the rest of your journey? Like, are there things that you pick up? And if so, what are they? Like, things that you pick up and go with? Or is it just another experience? You just, like, close the book and then on off to the next one? Yeah, I've learned a lot in Uganda or East Africa in general. So I've been to Tanzania, Kenya, Ethiopia, and Uganda. And Europe, we often say Africa instead of every country. And I learned that it was really different country, different qualities, different problems. And in Uganda, it was really interesting to talk um, to some people about civil rights and also global warming and how it does affect the country, especially in the global south more than in the northern countries. So of the places that you've seen, Alan, uh, what were your highlights? What would you definitely tell people not to miss in Uganda? I would say CP waterfall because there is no many tourists. It's really like a hidden gem to me. Then Bunyoni and the wall area of Oporto and the the Umburo where I did the bicycle safari, which was a really great experience. I'd actually never heard of the bicycle safari. You know, Kahiri, those conflicts that the wildlife of Lake Umburo has always had with cattle keepers resulted in no big cats. So Lake Umburo is the park where you can do things that are elsewhere not possible because of lions and leopards and so on. Yeah, it was very special because I looked at, I, I did a lot of research about doing a safari in general in Africa. Like I, I searched on the whole continent and there is not many places where you can just bicycle in the savannah and see zebras and giraffes. So I've seen that you could do that in Buro. So I went there and it was pretty easy. You can just like rent a bicycle. There is a guide coming with you to show you the way and a ranger if there is any attack of buffalo or hippopotamus. There is no uh, predators. There is no big cats, lions, leopards, rhinoceros either. You just bicycle among zebras, gazelles, and giraffes. Do you actually manage to get close? Like, do the animals let you get close if you approach on a bicycle? Yes. Uh, It's actually something I didn't like when doing the safari with a four-by-wheel, that we will get really close to some animals and we will get as close as possible until to scare them. And I didn't really like that because you're in a big vehicle and just disturb some animals so when during the bicycle trip we will just walk some meters and see the animals especially the giraffes they don't really care that you are here so you can get really close i was about five seven meters far from giraffes like a group of 25 giraffes in the park of burrow which was really impressive what impressed you so much about Fort Porto because that is one of those areas that I never really completely understand the allure of. I think it's because 
since we took the four by wheel, it was the first time I could really see the rural Uganda. Usually you stay in the same places as every tourist does and just visit the main attraction. But over there, we just like rent a place and just walk around the villages, try to talk with the local, which was sometimes complicated, but still fun. Fort Porto is usually appreciated for people being very welcoming and gentle and they don't usually shout at you muzungu muzungu white person this white person that but we also have the exact opposite in the, in the town of Kabale near Lake Budiyadi that uh, Kahiri is a resident <laughs> of <laughs> so uh, tell us what impressed you about our lake I was once again pretty happy to be free in Lake Budiyadi also, the history of the islands was fun. Not fun, but yeah, the fun is definitely not the word. I was going to say, you're talking about the famous uh, punishment island. Exactly. So I, I read about it before. From what I understand, like uh, if a woman would have a child uh, without getting married, she would just be dropped on an island called Punishment Island and be left there, death. Except if a man save her and doesn't have to pay the dots. So I was like, they could take that as an advantage and just make their own island, make their own society and just, you know, be like the famous Amazon island where it's only women. <laughs> I was like that. I was like, oh, good. Oh, gosh. I, we went to the viewpoint. I saw the island and I was like, what? Yeah, it's not really an island. Do you remember anything about the depth of Lake Bunyan? It's the deepest of the country. Was it 400 meters? <laughs> yeah, no. you find that in almost any literature for travelers. But in scientific literature, you don't find anything of that. It's probably like 40 meters on average. You know, when you when you collect the hills, you can like easily imagine where they came together when they were still mountains and, and not islands and so on. Miha, what you're saying is like news to me because I told this legend so many times like please don't tell me I've been telling a lie to people one of my biggest missions is to discourage local guys from sharing that because it's like one of those most common claims about like women it's supposed to be one of the attractions second deepest in Africa my whole life is a lie man <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about nature what was your impression about the people of Uganda? When you say that in, uh, there is difference between Kampala and Fort Portal, now that I'm thinking about it, there is a lot of differences, yes. Oh, absolutely. Different peoples, different uh, cultures, different everything. I just maybe have a one personal question. It's something that came up in my comments too, about when I did content about Uganda, is what is your opinion about they make it uh, homosexuality illegal in Uganda a few days ago? So for that reason, some people that follow me would say they will never uh, visit the country. Kahiri, answer that question, please. Personally, I don't think that it's something that should be at the front of our national debate. 
It's not the most important thing that we have going on. I understand that in other countries, they've really solved a lot of their social and economic problems to the point where they can now focus on things like that. But here, we are still struggling with like very basic things for that to be a very big problem. I've seen enough homosexuals running around for me to wonder if anyone would seriously be trying to persecute homosexuals. I know that what's not tolerated is the spreading of it. You know, I've not heard of that anywhere outside of Uganda or Africa, this theory that uh, homosexuals are converting others to the same uh, illegal activities. So, As a notion, it does sound far-fetched, and I would have thought it ridiculous. There have been testimonies of people who've been approached by organizations. I don't know whether to discount their testimonies. I wasn't there. I've not been approached by anybody. So... I don't know what to make of that, but I know that if anybody is known to propagate homosexuality or bring it into a public space, they will definitely face a very, they'll have a very uncomfortable ride here. But I've never seen anyone going to, out to witch hunt people who are known to be homosexual in the society. The fear of tourists is not being arrested because we have the privilege of being a uh a passport from a rich country where we can go back if there is any problem. The problem is more to give money to a government that persecutes a group of people. I'm talking about gay people, but can also talk about a woman, for example, or in other country, people of colors. All I'm telling you is that in a Ugandan society right now, it's not approved of. Definitely, people don't like you. It's just a fact. It's just if you're walking through a Ugandan society and you're gay and people find out, they won't like you very much. They'll not be very friendly to you. It is a valid form of protest to say, we're not going to collaborate with you because of that. I do understand that. I was answering the question, if you do travel through this part, what's the actual situation? It's political, it's stupid, uh, it's religious leaders and other leaders who are trying to just get people's attention off the real topics, the real problems. I think, yeah, they, they are making, in a political scheme, they are just making it a boogeyman, such as the right movement in France, for example, are making a boogeyman of immigration. Would you like to learn more and go deeper? <laughs> Follow us on Apple Podcasts by pressing the plus button at the top. Or on Spotify, you should simply tap follow under the podcast title.